Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. Welcome to this episode of Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell and I'm with Libel Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Authenticity and also the book Living with Financial Anxiety. Libel, hello and welcome back, sir. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. And uh, I'm really excited to talk with you today because I know there's some people who listen and they are about ready to retire and they have a lot of questions. And I'm wondering if you're ready to tackle a few of those questions from our listeners this week. Always. This is what I live for. All right. So here's question number one. It says, okay, Libel Sternbach, I'm ready to retire. What now? (laughs) And this is really open-ended. What do I need to know? So. That is a very open-ended question. The, and it, it, honestly, it is the right question to be asking, and it is the hardest one to answer. Um, mm. there, are, there are a lot of things that you need to know as we go into retirement. Um, unfortunately, there really isn't a handbook out there. You know, HR doesn't give you with your gold watch <laughs> a handbook that says, welcome to retirement. Here's what you got to do first. Um, but here are kind of, you know, and I've got more about this on my website and we've got a guide, five questions to answer, to ask uh, before you retire. But here are kind of the steps that I, I would outline for anyone who is at the point where you're starting to seriously consider when do I retire? Or maybe you've already picked a date and maybe it's come and gone and you're now trying to figure it out and make it happen. Here are the steps that you need. Number one, right? You need to create a process for managing your finances. Up until now, the rules have been save as much as possible, earn as much as possible, and everything will work out, right? You you worked hard, you put in a uh, you know a, a hard day's labor, and you earned a decent wage, and you saved as much of it as possible, and you would put in your 401k or wherever you invested it and the market would increase and you got to build your savings and your retirement that way. You bought a house, you know, maybe you paid off the mortgage. Hopefully you have some equity in that, but that has increased in value over time. All of these things, notice that I'm saying, right? All these things kind of happen automatically. You got enrolled in your 401k automatically. Contributions, I mean, with the, the Congress is trying to make those happen automatically. A lot of these things just sort of happen. When it comes to retirement, the things that happen to us automatically are generally not in our favor. 
in retirement, we want to make sure that the decisions that we make, the decisions that have to be made are made on our terms and when they're advantageous for us. Because if we don't, if we don't make the decision, then Congress makes the decision for us and they do it in a way that is advantageous for them. So let's go through some of what those decisions are. Okay. The first decision that you're going to have to make is, are you managing your 401k or are you managing it yourself, right? Are you taking it over? If you are managing it yourself, if you're taking it over and you may not have a choice in this, your employer may require you to take it over. If you're taking it over, then you got to decide, am I investing it or am I hiring someone to invest it for me? We're not going to talk about investment and you know that whole process today, but that is a decision that you got to make. What are you going to do and how are you going to invest it? Because once again, right, the default decision of how you had your 401k allocated, that was good for accumulating wealth. It is not good for retirement. Uh, in retirement, there's all kinds of things that come out of the woodworks that can hurt you because you're not constantly contributing, because you don't have, you're not earning a salary to combat inflation, to deal with unexpected expenses, right? You got to be cognizant of everything that's happening. Same thing for your taxable accounts or your regular brokerage accounts, your regular investment accounts. Those things get taxed. You want to make sure that they are being invested in a way that is tax efficient and doesn't generate taxes for you in retirement or can possibly even help you with taxes in retirement. So that is question number one, right? Take over that 401k, take over your investments, and then kind of as a subset of that, create a financial planning framework, a decision-making process for yourself where you're going to now manage your finances, right? You're going to, um, you know, kind of going back to the old days. People don't do this anymore, but balancing your checkbook, right? It used to be an activity that you actually had to do. You would take your checkbook and you would, you know, look at what the checks you wrote and balance it against your bank statements. Uh, you had to do that because there wasn't really any alternatives. Now everything's done for you automatically, but you need to go back to some of those habits and have like a check-in of, you know, these are my assets, these are my expenses, this is what my net worth is, this is what my cash flow is, are we doing good, are we doing bad, right, what do we need to adjust? So you need to create that process. And that mm -hmm. that's kind of a full-time job for a few months to get your hands on that. Well, number two, yeah. Number two. Number two, once you've got that in place, now we start to be able to tackle the hard questions. The hard questions are social security. When do we take Social Security, right? That's a big question. That can make the difference, right, between, between living, you know, being able to retire early or having to wait, between having some extra cash in retirement or, you know, just scraping by. Those, when to claim Social Security, making sure that you're making the best decision for yourself and for your spouse and your loved ones, very important. And once again, default decision that Congress is making for you is not the best decision. It is not, I can guarantee you, it's not going to be the ideal decision for you and your spouse. You need to take the time to figure it out. We got a guide on my website, five, uh, five minute social security maximization guide, where I walk through the different considerations of when to take early, when to take late, how to know what benefits you qualify for, et cetera. But 
Social security, right? That's your second question. Take the time to answer it right. Once you do that, now we start to be able, we start to have some uh, breathing room to answer some of the other questions. The questions of like, how do we make sure that we protect our retirement savings so that if we keep as much as possible? How do we protect it from market loss, from excess taxation, from you know inflation, from market volatility, from unexpected expenses? Tree falls on our car, right? And now we have to get a new car, get it repaired. That's an unexpected expense. If it comes at the wrong time and we don't have a plan mm-hmm. for how we're going to pay for that, from what money are we going to use to take care of that? Or we don't have an insurance policy that covers that damage. All of a sudden, that can represent a catastrophic loss in our portfolio. So we need to have a plan. We need to have a plan for these expenses. Um, and then once we got that kind of taken care of, then we can start, you know, kind of thinking about legacy planning of, you know, what happens when when one of us passes, right? The first spouse passes. Well, how's the next spouse going to keep uh, going on? How's the finances going to continue? Because I guarantee you, half of your social security income, probably a half of it is going to go away. One, at least one of your checks is going to go away. And how is that income going to be replaced? Because let's face it, the cost difference between one person and two person isn't very much, right? Doesn't really cost that much more in food to feed two people than one person. It's you don't spend more on gas, you don't spend more on rent. So your mm-hmm. expenses are going to kind of be the same, but you need to have a plan for what happens next. And those decisions, you can't push them off until later. You really got to decide now and incorporate that into your planning because it's going to affect every decision that you make. It's really clear, and you're pointing that out, how why there's so much concern going into retirement, because there are so many considerations. Uh, Some key points that you just mentioned, taking over your retirement account early, balance your checkbook. I love that one. Uh, So you you also also need to consider when do you actually start taking Social Security, and also you mentioned legacy planning. So are these among the basic steps for retiring, Libel? These are the basics, right? And these are the basic questions that you have to answer. Because until you answer these questions, we can't even begin to ask the other questions. Mm. And, and the answers that we get by answering these basic questions, which, which to rephrase what I said, right? It's what is your net worth? What is your cash flow going to be in retirement? And what is your social security income, right? When until you've answered those three questions, you don't know how much you need to take from your savings. You don't know how long you need it to last. You don't know what the risk is if you know one spouse dies before the other. You don't know what the risk is if a tree falls and you know breaks something, right? And you have an unexpected expense. You don't know what these risks are until you've answered those first uh, set of questions. Once you have that then we can start planning and we can start saying, well, saving on taxes is important, right? How important is it? We have a quantifiable dollar amount that we can say how important is it? How much will we need when you know uh, Bob passes away? Well, we know an exact dollar amount because we know what it is, right? Interesting. Libel Sternbach with us and we're talking about, okay, I'm ready to retire, now what? And I'm just curious, is there really a first step in retirement, uh, things that you automatically, everyone should do first as we go into retirement? Well, the first thing you got to do is 
make the decision to retire. Ah. <laughs> it sounds weird, right? But um, <laughs> I don't know how many people I talk to who they haven't made the decision to retire and they come to me and it's, they're, they're not sure if they can retire or they want to know when they can retire. And I, I've said this before on the show, right? It's make the decision to retire and then let's figure out how to make it happen. Mm. Um, you, I, there, there's almost always a way to make it happen. It may not be the way that you want it to be, right? Which may make you say, well, you know what? I really want to take that extra cruise every year. So I'm going to work another year to save. Or you might look at the numbers and say, I can work another 10 years and it won't impact my lifestyle in retirement. So why am I going to do that? Right? Right. So could it cost you money to continue working? Is that a possibility? Well, if it caught your health, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who says I love my job and it, you know, just makes me feel invigorated. And, you know, well, I say that about my job, but, <laughs> um, but most people, you know, the job is stressful. It's something that, that takes away years from their life, doesn't add to it. And so I think that, you know, every minute that you're in a job that doesn't bring you joy is a moment wasted. I'm curious, does your SS maximization guide uh, outline what you should do with regard to Social Security? Can you speak to that just for a second before we have to step away? Yeah, so it it really takes you through the process of understanding what benefits you're entitled to, because most people do not understand the full benefits they're entitled to. Uh, In fact, there are There are four social security benefits and up to 175% of your social security benefits can be paid out to family members. And that includes, that can include you and it can include your spouse. So it's not just your number that that's on your social security statement. There are other considerations that you need to take into consideration because they can really make a huge impact on your lifetime benefits. I'm really uh, struck by the uh, answer you gave to the question, what should you do first? And you said decide to retire. And uh, that's a really big one because I know that a lot of the individuals, their identity is tied to their employment. Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah, you got to figure that out also, right? Like, what are you going to do after retirement? Um, but but you got to like. You got to make that decision, right? Because if you if you don't decide I'm going to retire and I need to figure out who I'm going to be in retirement, then you're just going to work until the day you drop. We're talking with Libel Sternbach. He is uh, the man who's on fire. That's the name of our program, Libel on Fire. And if you like some information, there's some guides, a five-minute uh, Social Security Maximization Guide. Also, you can go to yields4u.com. You can also pick up the book, Living with Financial Anxiety, or the book, Authenticity. Take a break, and we'll be right back with more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Hi again, everybody. We're talking with best-selling author, Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety, Libel Sternbach. And we're having a really robust conversation about, okay, I'm ready to retire. What now? What do I need to do? And 
If I was following along correctly, Libel, you talked about four key things. One, uh, decide that you're going to retire and when you're going to do it. Take over your retirement accounts, balance your checkbook, understand your net worth. Uh, also, decide, uh, make some key decisions about social security and also legacy planning. What should we do next? How much money will we need to live comfortably in retirement? Hello again, Libel. Let's pick up that conversation. Yep. So picking up that conversation, right? The, the, the last conversation we kind of ended with, well, you can't make any real decisions until you know, right, what you're worth, how much money you actually need based on your expenses, your cash flows, right? That's what cash flow is, money in, money out. So how much money is going out, right? What are you paying for mortgage? What are you paying for gas? What are you paying for hobbies, for food? Um, so until you know what your expenses are, and then what income or potential income you can get from social security, we can't begin to address any other questions in retirement. Now, the next question to answer, right? Once we have, once we have the idea of how much we're worth, what our assets are, what we can potentially tap into for retirement, and we know how much we need for retirement, and we know how much we're getting from social security, right? Or at least the range of it, the next question is, is how do we fill that gap? How do we go from what we're getting from Social Security to meet our anticipated needs in a retirement, right? And hopefully with some kind of cash cushion. Now, we there, there are really two ways to do this, right? And you have to do both at the same time. Um, and you got to do it for a number of reasons, which I'll explain. But number one, we have to be invested, right? Our money has to make more money. There is no choice about this, right? No matter what your feelings are on investing, no matter what your feelings are about the roller coaster ride of the Wall Street, right? We have to participate in that growth some way, somehow, some shape, right? Because if we do not do that, we do not have enough money to last throughout retirement, pretty much guaranteed unless we have like really low expenses and really high savings, which unfortunately the vast majority of people do not have. Mm -hmm. Right. So for most of us who do not, who either do not have enough money, you know, or we don't think we have enough money saved in retirement um, and we don't have enough money to, you know, you know, finance it all at once upfront for our entire retirement, we need to gather it over time. And the only way to do that, is by letting someone else use our money and them paying us a return on that. Explain if, that. So, so if we just hold our money, right, and we put it under the mattress, it's not doing any good for anybody, right? Correct. Okay. And our economy is growing on a regular basis, and, and the, the Federal Reserve is targeting inflation, a growth of our, uh, of our monetary um, of our economy of 2%. They want us to grow by 2%. And they want the value of the dollar to shrink by about that same amount, right? Which means that relatively speaking, when you buy something now, it costs less money to pay it back later because your wages have increased and because the economy has grown. And this is a way of like accelerating our growth, right? Rather than having slow growth, where essentially they're leveraging growth by targeting inflation, and targeting economic growth, which is great and good when you're working and you're participating in that. When our money is sitting under a mattress, right, or we're sitting in the freezer, 
it has no way of keeping up with inflation. So it's slowly eroding in value. So we know we have to do something in order to make it make more money. But how do we make money have children? Right? <laughs> the only way for money to make more money is for it to be in use. Right? And that use can be by us or it can be by someone else. So let's talk about by us. Right? If we're going to use the money, I can go to the grocery store and I can buy lemons and I can buy sugar and I can you know, get a pitcher. And I can make lemonade and I can sell it, right? And if I sell my lemonade for more than the cost that I'm, than my, you know, ingredients, then I will have made a profit and I will have turned my $1 into $5, right? My money is making me money, right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Now I can do that all day, right? And maybe in retirement, that's how you want to do it, right? Some people, some of us are entrepreneurs and I know for myself, that is my preferred mechanism for making money. And, you know, I invest some of my money in the market, but the vast majority of my money is actually invested in building businesses because I like that. It also produces outsized returns, right? $1 turning into $5 with lemonade, right? That's a 500% return or 400% return. That's, that's a really great return. That's not something that you can get in the market. However, I can't do that all day, right? I can't do that with all my money. There's all there's a limit to how much money <laughs> that I can turn my lemonade into. Right. So I turn around and I tell my buddy, hey, you want to build a lemonade stand on your corner? And I give them some money to build their lemonade stand. Now, when I give my buddy some money, I can do it one of two ways, right? I can loan him the money and I can say, here, you, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. You go to the store, build your lemonade stand. But in return, I want, you know, a 10% return on my money, right? You don't have to give me back my 100 bucks. In fact, I don't want to ever see my 100 bucks again. But I want you to pay me that 10% every single year, Ah. right? So that's when we think about bonds, right? When we think about, um, you know, uh, investing, you know, uh, giving treasuries, right? All we're doing is we're giving, we're loaning someone else the money so that they can do something with it. And in return, we're getting interest. Right. Nice way. Right. It's the it's a pretty safe way. Right. Because if, you know, my buddy goes bust and he doesn't pay me my 10 percent, I can foreclose on him. I can take back. You know, I can go after his property if it's secured. If it's not secured, then I'm out of luck. Right. And, I'm you know, I'm not getting my money back. But if I have him secured and I say, well, if you don't pay me back, I'm going to take you know, I'm going to take your car or I'm going to take your lemonade stand and I can turn around and sell that and get some of my money back. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not, I'm not risking hundred percent of my money. So my return isn't going to be so great, but it'll be something. That's, and your exposure goes down every year because of the 10% return. Say that again. Your exposure goes down every year because of that 10% return. Yeah, correct. Correct. Okay. Right. So it's a very small, it's a very small risk. But my risk is, is that maybe there'll be, you know, maybe someone will come along and, you know, give better returns, right? Like what we're seeing right now with interest rates, interest rates go up and all of a sudden, right? Well, that hundred dollars that I loaned out for 10%, well, maybe now I can get 15% on that money. And we're just throwing out easy numbers for easy math, but, exactly. um, but, you know, interest rates go up to 15% and all of a sudden, the value, if I wanted to sell that loan to someone else because I needed the $100 back, 
I couldn't sell it for $100. I couldn't even sell it for $90, right? I'd have to sell it for an amount that would be equal return to someone who bought a new debt at the 15% interest rate. So my my debt goes down in a lot, uh, much greater value, which is why saying that bonds are safe is kind of a misnomer. It's not they're safe. They're safer relative to other stuff, except when there's interest rate changes. When interest rates are rising, then they become very unsafe. <laughs> um, so that's one, another way to get our money in use. Another way, and the most common way, is to actually have, own a piece of the business, right? So I can stake my friend's lemonade stand, and in return, I own 25% of his lemonade stand, right? Or 50%, we'll go 50-50. I own, I'm giving him all the materials and everything and the cash flow. He's putting in the labor. We're going to split the profits, right? Mm-hmm. Nice deal. He likes it because he doesn't have the money to build his lemonade stand. And now he can build a lemonade stand and make money off of that. And I like it because I'm getting money off of something that isn't doing anything for me, right? The cash would I, would be sitting in my freezer otherwise. Right. Right. So win-win. Now, what I just described is it's literally, right? It's private equity is when I invested in a company and I'm building a company from the ground up. The second was bonds where I loan the money out, right? So that's whether you're putting it in a savings account or a bank, right? Or you're loaning it out to somebody that's bonds. And then the last one is equities, which is the stock market, right? And now you can start mixing and matching all of these different ways of participating and making your money do something and contribute to our economy and give someone else value. And in return, you get a piece of that value. Everybody, Leibold Sternbach with us this week. We're talking about uh, you're ready to retire now. What do we do? And you just outlined uh, private equity, bonds, equities, and the stock market. You're saying being invested. So what are some of the common mistakes that people make as they go into retirement? And how can we, invo- how can we avoid those? So, so when we're talking about the mistakes that people make in retirement, right, and in the last few shows, we, we've outlined, you know, the major ones, like those big milestones of not deciding to retire or not, you know, the basic decisions like Social Security that you have to make. One of the kind of hidden ones that people don't think about, um, that aside from the fact that you have to have your money invested, is making sure that your money that you have in retirement is tax efficient. Because in retirement, right? In retirement, taxes change. The rules about money change. The rules about taxes change. In our working years, the government, everything was set up to help us get to the point of retirement. We had, the government gave us tax credits and tax breaks for being married, for buying a home, for, you know, saving for retirement. All of that gave us tax breaks on our tax return. We paid less money in taxes. If we had kids, they even gave us money, right? So, all this was helping uh, push us along on our journey to save money. Mm-hmm. From retirement, most of these things disappear. Most of these incentives disappear. And so we are now left with the fact that we're going to be pulling money out of our retirement accounts. And the money that we pull out of our retirement account is going to be taxed as ordinary income. So it's just as if we were going to a job and we were getting a W-2 and we are getting that paycheck. Right. Even though this is money that's been sitting in an account growing for, you know, 20, 30 years, even though it's been untouched and if it was an investment, we'd pay long term 
capital gains. Because it's in a retirement account, we're going to pay income. Income is the most highly taxed type of money in the world, right? Wow. It is the least tax efficient money. And it is, it, it is where the bulk of the tax revenue comes from. So in retirement, all of a sudden, we lost all of our ability to reduce our taxes and our, all of our savings is about to get taxed at the highest rate possible. So we need to make sure that the decisions we're making are designed to reduce our taxable income and, and stretch out our retirement savings as long as possible. And that means that the decisions we make are not automatic. It doesn't automatically mean convert all of our money to tax-free and have a huge tax bill up front. And it doesn't mean automatically that we want to spend money out of our retirement savings. It means we got to be strategic about things and think about how will this affect me today? How will this affect me two years from now, five years from now, 10, 20, right? Look to the future, look to our crystal ball so that we're making smart decisions for ourselves and our loved ones. And Libel, we have to leave it right there. Do you have a resource for our listeners this week on ready to retire and what we should be doing now? Yep. On our website, we've got a guide, how to ethically pay zero in taxes in retirement. I love it. This is Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell, and we look forward to talking with you again next time. Thanks for being with us. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's books, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.